charger for this bad boy. gentlemen welcome hey guys welcome to the third episode part two <laughs> yeah we're not unprofessional but apparently we're not professional either i mean these are facts yeah i mean are we gonna splice the episodes together or just nah fuck it all right so we'll do a speed run but we're not gonna like be fucked up about it i mean these are facts yeah like we were recording and then the shit stopped recording it's fucking annoying. You know, you know it's annoying. I'm what's gonna tell you what's annoying. Okay, first off, having to admit you're wrong as a man. I miss those days a little bit. I'm joking, of course, of when like you could be, I'm a man, I'm not wrong, but now you actually have to apologize. Right. So, I have to apologize for our last podcast. Yeah, uh, about that. Our last podcast was redacted. Super redacted, like not we're ashamed of it, like you know, like a early '60s family learning their one of their childs are gay, uh, <laughs> but like, uh huh, uh huh, we just don't talk about it, right? But I'll never be ashamed to say, yeah, I was in uh, episode two, part two, uh, called hashtag going and dry, going and dry, yeah, and we were just a little bit uh, three sheets to the wind, you might say. Four, five, six, seven sheets to the wind. I don't like. We were so drunk. We we had no business talking to people. No business whatsoever. Well, this is the cigars and bars podcast. Uh, we're a couple beers in, and uh, yeah, I'm your boy Stiz, aka Babyface Stew, aka Papa Stew, and I'm your boy uh, Daddy Manny. Facts. Uh, blonde. Oh, actually, I'm blonde now, so I'm more. Like it, looks, it, it doesn't look like blonde blonde. It looks like kind of like a dirty blonde, almost. Like 90s, like bad guy blonde? Yeah. Like a Sean Bean Bond? Maybe. Okay. I, I, you know. As long as I can trick 007 to thinking of us as friend. Um, <laughs> but that was like 30 like years ago. Like golden eye jokes. Dude, 30 years ago. Makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah. And not just because I went through my 30th birthday. Oh, yeah. About that. Okay, guys. How how was your... You know what? First of all, happy belated. Thank you. I appreciate it. Do you have a good birthday, at least? Loaded question. Um, <laughs> all right. Like, I've already gone through the story multiple times, and I, I feel like if I tell it again, it's just going to be, like, horror to my vocal cords. So I'm going to say it. But I'm not going to be as descriptive. And maybe that's why this didn't record. Just for the sake of this girl. But I was talking to this girl I have no business talking to I met on Tinder. Right. Well, we get to talking. She gets my Snapchat. and uh, Which you're not going to get, guys. I don't want this. At all. Don't follow Manny. And while you're at it, don't follow me. Like, this is exclusively for hoes. Which we'll come back <laughs> to. Um, so anyway. Long story short, I'm promised... Uh, 
you know, a good present ends in a happy ending. And I'm like, nice. So I rush over there. Oh, one of those. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. It was only supposed to be for something of the oral dictation, I guess. Okay. But like I charmed her and I think we both were frustrated sexually and was like, let's fuck. And this girl is about five foot. So <laughs> that's great because as a five foot ten man, it did really there's a sweet pocket of like five to five three. Question. Answer. Was she flexible? Yes. Fire. But I wasn't. <laughs> well, Do tell. Okay, so I was flexible, but here's the thing. Do you know, like, there's some teams that, like, get into games and, like, an NFL deal? I'm sorry. Some NFL teams that go to the Super Bowl that had no business being there. Uh, and for the camera and those who are listening, Stu said, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, for me... Uh, this was my moment. Okay. I was the Boise to the Sooners of that, what, 06 game? Oh, the uh, 07 Fiesta Bowl? Yes. And, uh, folks, I'm not big in the sports ball. I just stole that from Stu to sound cool. I mean, we did. Because well, you asked me an interesting question earlier. You asked, uh, what are plays that have happened on a professional level that, sh- that don't belong on the professional level, but it worked? Right. And I was telling you about the Statue of Liberty play. And then I showed you said Statue of Liberty play. And while we're at it, what's your thoughts? Uh, what, of the Sammy Adams? No, the Statue of Liberty play. Oh, that was amazing. Hands down. Has no business being in a professional setting. But hands down is amazing. Oh, 100%. But, so I was Boise. I was doing really good, but I really had no business being there. Because this is what had happening. We were doing all types of freaky shit. Okay. And I had her in a position, and without being too descriptive, she would be able to hear everything that was going on. Oh. We had Shrek, the first movie, uh, playing in the background. It was the wedding scene at the end. Because that sets the mood. Well, you got to have some kind of background noise. In my head, my own background noise was the ESPN, like, old games, like, uh, theme music. And, you know, when I felt I was doing good, the theme from Rudy, you know, the movie that men are allowed to cry at, you know, you know, you know, uh, fucking Sean Penn at his best. Um, but so, you know, I'm having a good time. We're having a good time. My body starts realizing its own age and the fact that I shouldn't be there. Because my right knee lets out this hellacious popping sound. Like if somebody let off like a nine mil in an apartment complex. Yes, but amplify it <laughs> ten times louder because she stops. She heard it. And she's like, what's that noise? I'm like, it's okay. It's just, it's fine. Just keep going. And in my bravado and shock, I keep playing through what I thought was like, oh my God, am I hurt? And I'm just playing through pain. So I maneuver us onto the bed into a position where I could have like my right leg dangling off the mattress so I can like just check it, like flexing and shit, you know, like, right, you know, right. like a it's reflex like, test. Like, like just bending your knee, kind of doing a little bit of stretches while trying to not break stride. Right. And uh, here's the thing, folks. 
there's nothing uh, as sobering as your body making old sounds during set, uh, during times it shouldn't. Like your knees popping, like just bending over to grab like something out of the counter. Things of that nature, right? Right. So during the middle coitus, we take a break. Uh, I go into her bathroom and give myself a pep talk while holding on to her sink and staring at myself in the mirror. I am like, listen, we have no business being here. As I think you said last time, I have like an old football coach. Uh, who'd you pick? I went with like either Tom Landry or... Did you say Lombardi? Vince Lombardi, yeah. Okay, so imagine these two old white dudes in like fedoras and glasses just yelling at you. Giving you a pep talk. like, But like scolding you. Like, what are you doing out there? You have no business being here. You're like, you know, you're out of shape. You're out of like mental conditioning. All these things. But you're here and you're going to finish this fucking game. And you're going to win. Or even if you don't, you're not going to give them an easy win. So after my pep talk and, you know, my speech is from every fucking football movie I ever heard, I um, I go in there and I, I take care of things. And uh, it was a win, but God, was it a, what is a, whew, whew, that was a not easy win. So as a 30-year-old man who hasn't really taken that much care of himself, gentlemen out there who are listening, stretch, take your vitamins, Take you some glucosamine and like take care of yourselves. You don't have that like drive anymore. And for those who are saying, oh yeah, I'm in the best shape of my life. Wrong. That's going to change real quick. I mean, once you hit your 30s, right? (laughs) (laughs) Almost instantaneously. Like it's a loud You know what? There's something to that because after I turned 30, I remember like when I turned 31 and the girl they were going at it and like out of nowhere, back of my leg just like... Like Charlie Horse, where it like wants to flex forward. Facts. Uh, I've been there, dude. I've been there. It's when you know you're getting old. It's. I think it's more along the lines of like you can't do the same tricks you used to because your body is like, whoa, whoa, whoa horsey. We know this one. Facts. But so here's the bad part about this, and this is the part where I I I don't like myself. I at this point I'm exhausted. Like right. I hadn't had sex in quite a while, or actually rigorous sex in quite a while, uh, and. My whole body was like, fuck. Like, you could fall asleep right now and be perfect. Yeah. Like, you just want to hit a cold spot on a mattress and just be out. Listen, cold spot, roll over, grab a titty, call it a night. Facts. Here's the thing. (laughs) Remember how last podcast I was like, fuck that uh, ethically non-monogamous, like, poly open shit. I was a bullface lie on my part. Allegedly. I took what I could get, allegedly. Um... And so I asked her, hey, is it cool if I stay the night? Because, like, I didn't want to get up. I didn't want to make that noise again. I was afraid of making that noise again. And she sighed, and she's like, look, I wouldn't have a problem with you staying the night, but that's the rule, like, me and my fiancé have, like... Oh, open relationship? Right, but don't have the men stay over. Ah, okay. It's a little rude. And I can respect that. No, no, I get that. But that was the bluff I was hoping she didn't call, because I was like, fuck. Because you were just like, I could use a bed right now. Like, I was only a 15-minute drive away, but once she walked me to the door, I got to my Jeep, you know, drove away. I was like, fuck, what are you doing, man? This is, like, the longest 15 minutes of my life. Go home, shower up, get the hose smell off me. Yeah, the, yeah that drive of, like, regret and reflection. 
like a game like you know yeah, yeah. it was an away game and just you didn't play the way you should have you won like, but like it you got a good clean. you got a win in but it didn't feel like a win like you you deserved it yeah if anything i felt like i should have been called out for like least valuable player facts so like you know i've, I've reached the point where it's like i don't really care about sex anymore and not that i don't want to bang it's like you know what i care about what i really care about let's like do the sex but like me sorry maybe not be like all out on it because that way we still have energy to get up and make like pizza rolls or dinosaur chicken nugs and like eat some of those and you're talking like regular season game where it's like playoff playoff isn't even in the minds right now but the fans are enjoying it facts (laughs) it's more like preseason yeah we're having a good time yeah because like listen it's a vibe yo at a certain point, it becomes just stats and like you know, but like that's what I need in my life, and yeah. uh, kind of made some big discoveries about myself this weekend. But uh, well, this whole week. But what about you, man? Like, I mean, I didn't have that eventful of a week, but I did have a pretty eventful week. Lucky bastard. Like, I I hosted that Bud with Friends show. Yes. And, uh, so story. Yes. That Saturday Mm -hmm. I was hanging with Dakota Fay and DJ Bobby. Shout out to my guys. They stayed over, needed a place to stay at while, while they crashed here. Why are you double fisting right now? I'm sad. Understood. But so Saturday was the bud with friends show. And it was a weed-friendly hip-hop show. Okay. It was a good vibe. You But, hope. like, so just to give you my, just to paint you my Saturday. Paint away. So, I woke up around, like, 10. Kind of went to Fry's. Eat. Yeah. Picked up some stuff to make for breakfast. Made some good chicken and waffles. It was dope. About 3 o'clock hits. And I took about, like, less than fucking inch of about an edible and uh shout out to give to gab for that uh but this was around like three o'clock right okay hanging out with everybody smoked a little bit of hookah we were just chilling and then about 6 45 we were gonna head to head to the cafe for the show right because i was helping co-hosting with zeus and with bz shout out to bz but we started driving about 6 45 in about five minutes before I got to the venue, edible kicked in. <laughs> so, yeah, so I was like, "Yo, yeah, I was, uh, I was there, but I was not there." I get you. You were in a state of mind, but you weren't in your mind. Facts. Like, yeah, I was there, but I wasn't there. But it was a fantastic show. It was a good vibe. Everybody was in a good spot. They had an RV. That was in the parking lot that you could basically just go in there and hang out. Like a Breaking Bad RV? Kind of, but it wasn't like meth shit. Not methy. Like you can go in there and smoke a blunt if you wanted to. Right. Classy, not trashy. Yeah, yeah. And like, it was a vibe, man. Like, it was a good vibe. And then Sunday, I went and hung out with fucking Dakota and Gurley and Bobby and everybody. We went to uh, the fucking Round One Cafe, or Cafe, Round One Arcade. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. 
I forgot about how how fun that shit is. And it's one of those things where it's like, we've been there a few times, you know, and I've, I have one of the cards that has, like, the tickets on it and shit. Yeah. I didn't realize I had, like, 6,000 tickets. Ooh. Facts. So I'm like... What'd you get? I didn't get anything. I'm holding on to it. Holding on for a hero? Oh, yeah. Holding out for a hero? Yeah. I need a hero. No. <laughs> nah, oh, bro. It was, it was a good weekend. And then this past weekend, like... I figured out hot cocoa with chocolate milk. The only way to do hot cocoa. I mean, this is fire. I didn't know this existed. Well, set the mood, baby. I was sitting there hanging with everybody. Chilling here at the house. Fucking just made burritos. Well, this who's was on Sunday. Uh, me, Rue, Katia, Dakota, DJ Bobby. All right. And we're just sitting here at the table. And then I was just like, yo, I got to go to the store. For what? I just got to go. Went, put my shoes on, dipped out. <laughs> and then I came back with one of those, like, you know, the glass fucking milks that they have, like the uh, Daisy Farms. Yes, the best. The best. The best. Like, you got to drink egg- those immediately. I got some eggnog in the fridge, yo. Bro. Facts. So, I come back with one of the gallons, and the girls are looking at me like, what's this for? And I was just like, hear me out. This, but chocolate milk. Both of their heads. But what was funny is they started to have like that little, you know how like when dudes will hear an idea, we kind of like figure out the fucking logic and reason of it. Logistics, we're like breaking it down. It's like, you lose a lot of torque this way. We got to get another gear. Facts. These two, but is that going to be too much chocolate? And I'm like, is there such thing? Am I too much chocolate? That was funny. I got a pop from it. But they settled on salted caramel hot cocoa. Just Which, like it, it balanced it out for them, but I was like, I'm going chocolate, yo. You know why women like salted caramel in their shit? Because they're all, like, they like to be sweet but salty at the same time. Yeah, because you can't make up their fucking mind about what they want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Well, like, first time I came over after our three-year hiatus, or pause, you jokingly said, don't hit on my friend. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, the last time that happened, shit went well. What am I doing? At this point, late at the night, I am doing some shit where it's like, if it wasn't for the fact I respect your couches and it had been, it had been less than two years, I would have been like, get out of here. Get I'm destroying your couch. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Don't put a backlight to it. But like, <laughs> this has been three years. I had to like, whoa, I got to at least stay for like another session. Right. But, uh, you know, I think that was, well, there's, there's a discovery of mine, but I'll wait till you're done. But yeah, we made the hot cocoa, came out dope. And, like, then I come to find out that these jerseys I ordered back in September. Ooh, go on. So, obviously, you know I do heel face with Zeus. Yeah, I don't like you talking about the wife when the sidekick is coming around, <laughs> but I, I feel you need to vent. Go on, baby. November 5th, we had our live show. Okay. And so, I wanted to get us new heel face jerseys for the show. So, like, mid-September contact the company that we get the jerseys made through and i'm like hey this is what i need you know i need these on this date with this design blah 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 blah. specifics right pay get the get the expedited now with their expedited it's like when they it takes them like two three days to actually stitch the jersey and then the expedited is the extra three days right so within about a week i should get them week goes by nothing Another week, nothing. Okay. 
We're in October now. Still nothing. Close. Right. So mid-October comes around and I reach out to the company and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Like, I ordered these. I asked for expedited. What the fuck? As you should. And didn't get a response for a couple of days. And then finally they responded to me and they were like, problem is we had a COVID outburst. We don't have workers to blah, 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 blah. Nice. Right. So then the next day I get a refund in my account for the jerseys and I'm like, what the fuck? So Zeus hits me up and he's like, hey man, what's the status on those jerseys? And I'm like, they're not like, we're not going to get them in time because this is what's going on. And he rightfully got pissed. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, you got... I ordered this in September. I should have had these two weeks ago. So I'm like, whatever. So this week, after Dakota and them took off on Monday, I get a notification on my phone uh, that my order will be on its way in the next couple days. And I'm like, what fucking order? So I'm looking through my bank account, making sure, like, nothing... Yeah, where's my money? Right. So, I didn't have any orders. I didn't have anything I spent any money on outside of the arcade. And I was like, so, what the fuck? Come to find out, I reach out to the company. And I'm like, hey, what's this order? And the oh, we decided to, to get you your jerseys. You already paid for them back in September. And I'm like, they refunded me for that. But I was like, yeah, fuck it. Free jerseys. Yeah, you know what? Like... For like the fifty percent that actually was COVID related, I feel like there was fifty percent of like where people were like, I really didn't want to do the job right then and there. I was enjoying being basically paid to do nothing. And let's let's not say that it wasn't true. I won't say it's as true as a lot of people want to make it out to be. Right. But I feel it was heavy. A lot more heavy than people that. want to admit, but it it was there. I felt that. But like but, don't be that guy. Don't lie to me. Yeah. Facts. Like, don't be that guy. But at the end of the day, I'm getting a couple free jerseys, so I'm like, all's well that ends well. Dude, I wish I could be like you and like have better stories to tell. I just the you only, had an incredible story. Are you kidding? Well, the only moral of that story is like, I found out I'm addicted to hose. <laughs> and look, I'm not addicted to hose. Like, I I I, I want to make this perfectly clear. We gotta preface right? this. Like. Any women's, women's, any of you lovely ladies that have been with me in some type of relationship, I'm not talking about you. Facts. I'm not talking about you or your past. I'm talking about the wham, bam, thank you, ma'ams, I don't talk to you, maybe fuck you twice type of hoes I've been fucking. Right. Not a good combination for me. But I don't know how to quit. Like, I could quit cigarettes easier than these hoes. In fact, like I showed you one of the ones I was talking to on Snapchat, and you're just like toxic, toxic. Fact. Toxic. She had that. She had that. Like, I hate to judge chicks just by looking at a picture of them, but it's like I've started to notice just through the years. Have you ever noticed like you start to figure out a personality of a chick just based on a selfie they take? Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, because you've seen this before. Facts. <laughs> like, but it's weird because it's like. There's almost like a type of female, like the certain type of females that I know that like can take a dope selfie of themselves, either one thing too highly of themselves or two know their worth. It's a very thin line. But when you see a chick with like a really bad camera and like you're like, it's 2021. And if I see blurs in your photos, that bitch is slashing my tires. 
I put it this way. I am fairly certain that this is just going to be one of those only talking things because if we meet up there's a good chance that if we do get together and for some reason it works out one of us is killing each other that's what it seems like yeah right but it'd be like some weird like passion love thing where it's like yeah bitch you're gonna shoot me shoot me <laughs> bet bang <laughs> and she pulls an Alec Baldwin it's like I didn't know it was loaded and I'm like all oh, my guns are loaded they're tools <laughs> not toys God. This man is walking armory. Well, like, to be fair, to make things even, during the podcast, you have the gun on your side of the table. This is facts. You know, but... I, ha- I have to. In the same way, you know, I'm handing the black man a murder weapon a tail will hold his time, you know, just, uh... Yeah. You know. I had to keep the gun over here because I knew you were going to talk about your birthday. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Gotta keep me on check. You boys got to keep you in check, but you no, know, just like you're fucking up. How how, how badly? <laughs> oh, that bad. Okay, cool. Oh, I see you in your shirt. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Like, don't be that guy. You know what? I have a question for you. What's up? What is your that guy? Because we, as men and society, throw around that guy. TikTok has a fucking meme. But don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You're not that guy. I'm that guy. There's there's a like a plethora of like positive and negative bad guys go on so like for negative sense like when we were kids when i was in middle school i was in like sixth grade we had a pe class that was like all the boys were in that class right like we knew each other it was like kind of like a tight-knit group almost like a brotherhood and we had this substitute teacher that came in always a sub Right, and he was maybe 110 pounds soaking wet. Oh, my. But he was trying to talk to the class like he was a drill instructor. Right, but then, like, you know, like we talked about, there's that alpha um, that all men will gravitate to. Like, if he was six foot, six foot six, six foot seven, 220 pounds, and was kind of maybe not built, but like cut, we'd be like, that's an alpha male. Well, I think there's two for, two forms of the alpha um, men that will like we ingrain into our minds and not to hijack your conversation. But like, as men, we'll like see two people who proclaim to be the alpha. One of them, we're just gonna say fuck you. We don't care about you. And there's that one that like for whatever reason, instinctually we're like, that guy's boss. Facts. We listen to boss. Like while the guy's <laughs> talking, just fuck around. But when boss is talking, shut the fuck up. Everybody shuts up. Yeah, so Pay your he was not to boss. The man. Yeah, he was not boss level. So, of course, we had the attitude of don't start none, won't be none. Will Smith. Facts. And we basically made his life a living hell. Well, of course, this gets back to the teacher. When he comes back by assistant to the teacher, he's explaining, oh, these guys acted like this, gave a whole full, full report. So, of course, when we're dressing out teacher comes in and goes no pe today and we're like what you guys are going to clean this entire locker room we're like it was kind of like that whole like we understood why like i know it's like fuck i know cuff me but for god's sakes facts so we cleaned the whole locker room took us like 30 to 45 minutes to do this right so we had about 15 minutes left in the period and we were like yo could we go outside play some basketball throw football around you know kind of do something active yeah. And then the, then this fucking teacher's assistant st- 
stands up. He was basically the best way I can describe this kid. He was like fucking Randall from from Recess. Snitch. Snitch. Facts. He goes. But what about the gum on the walls? Miss Finster, what about the gum on the walls? Facts. And teacher ended up pulling out these like little paint scrapers and gave a bunch of them to us, and we had to scrape all the gum off of the lockers, the walls, and everything. Yeah, we beat the kid's ass. Ouch. Did you ever even stop to think that maybe as an alpha, he made that kid say that? Like, if they don't recognize, you have to tell them about the gum on the walls. Because I would do that shit. I would make you either save yourself or, like, you're all going down. Either way. <laughs> this is not Here's, here's where our problem was, is the fact that he said it, but then he watched us clean it. Oh. He wasn't a part of the cleaning crew. Okay. He said it, and then he watched us clean it. Beating, beating deserved. Facts. He was that guy. Well, I mean, like, I've been that guy once or twice in my life. Like, most of the time, it's like when I was going down fourth... And, like, I felt a little fighty because, not because of the group I was with, but I don't know, some shit I was dealing with. But also my own bravado being like, me must fight this man. Yeah. Me must put man in ground. Me no show tear. Felt that. Probably. I hope you would. Yeah. We all go through this as men. Been there. Yeah. It isn't until we get older and we realize that we don't need to fight everybody. Sometimes Facts. we're the issue. And like, I've gotten to the point in my life where I'm just like, I'm not going to fight anyone, but there are two that are getting these hands on site. There's a list. We all have one. There's a list and there's two of them on it. Right. They may or may not know who they are. Right. But you did something to put yourself on this list. Just oh, like absolutely. we talked about last time. It's principle. Look, men don't actually hate other men and people don't actually hate other people until you do something that actually makes them hate you and i don't mean little things i mean like you literally have to wrong them facts and that's that simple as that but don't be that guy i mean like if you can be that guy be the positive version of that guy the one that's used as an example to be like yeah be like that guy you know like like your parents like you should be like steve but not be like steve who like smokes like fucking crystal on the fucking side of the road with his like be <laughs> 20 year old girlfriend when he's only 15 and she's like basically you know hoeing out for meth and he doesn't even know any better because he thinks he's a king in a fucking small town facts big fish small small pond mentality yeah and then throw some meth in there and you got like fucking every small town in america don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Be be Steve, the actual Steve that your parents talk about. Facts. He's got a scholarship. He's got a really good job going. You know, he's got a girl that doesn't suck his friend's dicks for her fucking meth money. Facts. You know, she just does a little blow. Be like Steve. Be like Steve. Be that guy. It's not Steve Jobs. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Don't be that guy. Yeah, don't. Well, I mean, you guy. could be that guy and you'd be like rich as shit, but would you be happy? He's dead. No, I mean, his entire estate. Right, but he doesn't have to worry about that anymore because he did. Wait, well, you definitely don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I say you be dead. He did. D-E-D dead. Dead. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of iterations to that guy. Like, you can go back into history and it's like, like, Hitler, don't be that guy. Right, but like, at the same time, Abraham Lincoln, be like that guy. Well, yes and no. Well, 
I mean, technically, Hitler had the two portions where he was that guy where you're like, be that guy. And then he had the back end where you were like, don't be that guy. Well, that guy is opinionated because, like, for the poor Volkstrom um, or, you know, the Volk, the people of Germany. Yeah. In the beginning, he's like, whoa, that's the guy, that guy. He's going to fix our fucking problems. Meanwhile, everybody else in America and, like, around the world, like, and who wasn't in a fascist regime were like, yeah, don't be those, don't be that guy, kid. Yeah. Don't, definitely don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. You know. Please, I beg of you, don't Nobody be that guy. that guy. Nobody likes that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, there's there's a lot of that. Like, there's just, I've had a lot of situations where I've seen that guy and you're like, don't be that guy. But then I, I feel like I've been that guy in some situations. Well, that guy is like a Schrodinger's, like, you know, Schrodinger's uh, cat. You know, like, we are that guy and yet we are not that guy. Yeah. And that just comes with age and experience. Where it's the eternal curse of fucking youth and age, where we get to tell the young people don't make our mistakes, but we have to watch them make our mistakes, Facts. only to tell them please don't make our mistakes. But you don't want to be like an older guy, like 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 an Urban Meyer. Don't be that guy. Fuck that guy. You know why? Fuck that guy. When your job as a fucking coach is to like be the guy for the team, be the stepmom to the functional family. Right. You're the you're the general to the army. Yeah. Like. This he might guy. change every year. This but, guy. Yeah. When he gets the job being the coach of the Jags, he ends up drafting Tim Tebow mm-hmm. to be a tight end. Yep. And it was almost like, like, I remember at the time I was like, okay, it's almost like that attitude of like, you work hard for me, I'll get you what you want kind of attitude. I get that. But then he releases him after two weeks. Like, fuck you. Pretty much. Two weeks. That's not even enough to actually get to know the guy. Facts. Well, also, Tim Tebow was a quarterback, and then he had him at tight end. Now, granted, Tebow had, like, put some muscle on, and he looked great as a tight end. But it's like, if you don't play that position a lot, how are you going to justify starting this guy when you have these guys over here? Yeah, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. But, like, I think where the beginning of the end of his tenure started, it was early in the season. They went to Cincinnati for a game. And after the game, team gets on the plane, goes home. He decides he's going to stay in Ohio. And then, of course, gets caught on tape at a bar feeling on some girl that wasn't his wife, which isn't illegal. It's pretty fucked up. But it's fucked up. The fact that you're the head coach of an NFL team and you don't go back with your team. Already people are like, yo, what the fuck? It's like going out with your girl and not coming back home with your girl. Like, you set her up, you put her in the Uber, her friends with her, they're going to go to the apartment, but why aren't you coming home? Yeah. And then, like, you got to have some pretty good explanation. And, like, to sum up, basically, how bad of a fucker this guy was, let me put it this way. The man was going to get paid $10 million for a five-year contract, $2 million a year. We are basically coming up on like 0.8 of the football year. He hasn't even gone through the first year of his contract. So $9.2 million essentially, because I'm, I'm basically doing it in that way for every 10th. And uh, he got- Shad, Shad Khan had to be the guy. Oh, yeah. He had, as the owner, he had to be the guy to be like, okay, am I going yeah, to keep over this guy? Preach. Right. He's going to be like, am I going to be this guy that is going to watch Urban Meyer take over my team with a young quarterback has his shit together 
Sure, they're going to have a rough first couple of seasons, but when it gets to the point of the you know middle of the second year, into the third year, into the fourth year, into the fifth year, things like that, you're expecting to be able to have a coach build with a quarterback kind of situation where there's trust and, and stuff like that built into it. Shad Khan, as the owner, had to look at that and go, am I going to give him the opportunity for the next couple of years to actually try to build this relationship and be able to build this fucking team around a Trevor Lawrence as quarterback and give him a good receiving core, a good offensive line and all that, and then have Urban Meyer lead that? Or am I just going to pay the rest of this contract out to just get rid of him and go, yeah, fucking kick rocks. (laughs) Fuck out of here. And you know what he did, folks? He told him to get the fuck out of here. Facts. He decided that, you know, this $9 million isn't worth the headache. It's like a Bronx tale where uh, Robert De Niro's character and... Uh, fuck, I used to know my all, mob- all my mobsters. Uh, basically, the old mobster guy was like uh, talking to the Robert De Niro character about a situation where... Robert De Niro's character was like, hey, I'm going to kick this guy's ass because he owes me $20. Now, back in that time period, $20 was probably more like our 80 to get that perspective. And, uh... Oh, oh, okay. The the background music was great for this point. So, (laughs) basically, the old mob character is like, whoa, let me ask you a few questions. Like, you and this guy got beef. Nah. Is he going to come after you? Is he talking shit about you? Nah. Robert and your character is, is the one answering nah and the old mob character is asking like all these other questions and basically it comes down to it's like then fuck him because you just basically ensured that you basically bought this guy out of your life for $20 because he's never going to ask you for money again because he knows you already owes you no one's that brazen and he's not cocky enough to come back for more secondly well, it's a power trip to be like fuck him he's, he's only worth $20 to me He's not even worth $20 to me. And so for Shad Khan to be like, you're not even worth the whole $10 Because as like a fucking, you know, manager, I don't know if you tapped up on this or not, or a team owner, you got to be like, is he worth not just the $10 million I'd have to pay him out, but the extra headache and all the other bullshit and the fucking degradation to my team? Right. So be like Like, that. are you going to be a more toxic fucking energy for this team to the point to where... People are going to want to leave. Because there were even reports that like one of the receivers apparently had, during one of the games, ran to the other team's sideline and was like, get me out of here. That's a little fucked up. Facts. I mean, be like Tony Khan. Be like that guy. Be the guy that means like, you know what? I brought him in. I'm going to take him out. Talk about Shad Shad Khan. Tony Khan. We'll talk about AW in a bit. but like Facts. (laughs) My Khan boys. Like, you know, you you guys are power players. Facts. The only issue is, like, you can tell Shad Khan is, like, not with the shit. Like, he's gone... This is his fourth head coach that he's hired and fired within a short period of time just because he couldn't handle the fucking... Responsibilities they're in. The responsibility of the NFL team. I think, if honestly, if after that Cincinnati game, Furman Meyer would have came back with the team, given them the talk that he should have as a head coach... 
the team would have had trust in him. There would have been a better vibe amongst the team because when the whole team's vibing with each other, you see it on the field. Right, because they'll, like, they'll be able to pick up things that they don't even notice about themselves but with each other. Right, everybody's in sync. Yeah, and it, it plays. And it's, like a, a, it's, again, like the whole, like, you put 10 men, 10 women to make a kickball team. The men will have, like, an established uh, leader slash, like, last player Whereas the women are still fighting about why Samba So is uh, the leader, right? Oh God, we're gonna we're just starting to reach to that territory. Where we're getting to like second podcasty where we're drunk and tired, and <laughs> I don't want to get into this like that way. Yeah, don't be that guy. We don't want to be those guys ever again. But uh, speaking of Tony Khan, yes, as you said, I wanted to talk with you about this because since we've started hanging out again, we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but not on this podcast. You're an AEW head. Yes, uh, I was recently inducted uh, about a year ago. Well, actually, when was uh, AEW's like year event, like their pay per view down at Daily's place? Um, they do all out. I know that, but they also have like, well, Revolution's usually their early year. Pay-per-view. It was the, literally like the one year mark. Might have been all out then. I think it was all out because it was either it was, all out or probably fucking. It was the one uh, where Jericho comes down to fucking in the field, uh, in the stadium, to beat up fucking MJF. Uh, oh, uh, okay, the stadium stampede. Uh, was that double or nothing? I believe so. Or I think so, yeah. I or maybe the one before was all out before or after double or nothing. All out was after double or nothing. So it was double or nothing that I watched. Okay, because I think that was the year. Um, they were making fun of the whole, like, oh, we watched Double or Nothing, and then we watched... I, I can't remember. At least I remember is that, like, um, it was just wild. And my friend, my friend Ryan has tried to get me into wrestling a lot. And he's, like, a WWE, WWF head, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, man dresses as Sting every chance he gets for every Halloween. Um, That's kind of dope. Surfer yes. Sting or, or uh, Crow Sting? He he did do Surfer Sting, I think, one year. That's but dope. I couldn't recognize it for what it was because I wasn't into that as much. Like, I yeah, knew yeah. who Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were, but I wasn't... Surfer like, Sting was, like, early WCW. Right, but, like, again, I'm not that much of a, like, no, no, a I get, wrestling I get that. But he brought me in, and I'm like, I've been hooked ever since. And one of the things that hooked me, and one of the things that were actually sad until we actually got back together, um, was that Kenny Omega is like the, one of the headliners of AEW. Facts. <laughs> and here's the thing: when I first watched this, I was in awe, and then I they pulled out Kenny Omega, and he's got like all four belts, and he's with like a Carney fuck. What's his name again? Uh, Don Callis. Callis, thank you. I was yeah. trying to say Don like hand hurts. Um, <laughs> so like you know fucking cyrus and i'm and i'm looking at him and i'm like i know this motherfucker i've seen him somewhere and then they talk about his new japan stuff and then i recognize that one time while i was at my buddy Stu's old apartment you know crying about some girl who didn't want me uh we were watching new japan and here we were watching wrestle kingdom that was wrestle the year kingdom. omega and okada went at it so I watch Kenny Omega's promo about like the Terminator thing. Yeah, yeah. He's one wing angel, and he comes out to the battle cry fucking music, I believe. And no, like, it wasn't battle cry in New Japan. Oh, what was it? Um, in New Japan, he had that like boss. It was like when he's part of the Bullet Club. Oh, okay. So he had like that boss level theme music. Facts. 
So he comes out and he's just fucking the man. And then he like, I expect there to be subtitles or a translator. Fucking just spells out perfect Japanese. Yeah. And I'm like, I love this man. <laughs> and then, you know, we go on hiatus for three years. But, you know, for a while, every time I watch AEW and Kenny starts this thing, I'm like, I look up and I'm like, this one's for you, Stu. Like, it's my guts. But, like, I hope you enjoy the fact that I love Kenny Omega. Um, well, that was that was funny is because when we like when I re-added you on Snapchat and then the first thing you sent me was a picture that you were watching Dynamite. And I was like, you're an AW head? Fucking dope, man. Yeah, man. You can get better taste in three years. Facts. Like, the product is fucking incredible, it bro. It writes itself, and you know what? I have to say it this way. It makes you actually, like, I, I now know that being a wrestling fan is actually exhausting. Because every day of your week is dedicated to watching something. Or at very least, you have to, like, wait for it to end, flip through the best of, and then if there's something really good, you rewatch it. Yeah. But, yeah. like, it's like being almost a sports fan. Like, Jesus Every night you have to keep up on something or it's like, wait, what happened? We're in week 16 now? What the fuck? That's usually just people like deal with fantasy and betting and shit like that, though. But like for me, like you've known me for a long time and you've known I've always been a wrestling fan. Right. Ever since I met you. Right. And like watching AEW now reminds me so much of wrestling in like the mid to late 90s. Okay. Because they give you coherent storylines. They treat their champions like they're fucking important. Right. And if you've noticed, they've only had, what, four or five AEW champions? So they had Jericho, Moxley, Omega, now Hangman, so four. Right. But every one of those champions had a long a long reign. You know, I think the weakest reign out of all of them, and I might get some smoke for this, would be John Moxley. Okay. But that's just because, for me personally, like, he was dope. But, like, he wasn't putting on, like, your fucking hour-long classics and shit. It was a lot of ultra-violence and shit like that. Right. It's like giving uh, giving the, the fighting technique champion belt to, like, Mike Tyson. A master at his craft, but in the same way of ultra-violence. Yeah. And I'm not knocking on Mike Tyson. The man could kill me with a fucking, like, tap to my fucking... To this day. To he's this still day, a fucking murderer, A man. pimp smack from him without, like, him judging how hard it is could probably... Put me in a fucking coma. <laughs> he could Facts. knock my bitch ass into the china cabinet, and I would deserve it. Facts. But like, but like they build Moxley is they a build Moxley, man. and then what was beautiful is like they build Omega and Hangman being a tag team. They win the tag titles. They establish that these guys are a serious team. When they finally lose the tag titles to the Young Bucks, they go their separate ways. Omega turns heel. Hangman becomes the depressed babyface. Uh huh. Drinks a lot. Drinks a lot. The 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 fucking elite don't want anything to do with him. Pretty much, he's always hanging out in the bar. So they're like, "Well, we all ran out to save so and so. Where were you? Oh, he's drinking." And then when they finally kick him to the curb, then the Dark Order's like, "We'll be your friend." They build they build Hangman up, and you said you saw the highlights of Winter's Coming. Yes, I saw the like best part clips of the Danielson match. Dude, that match. First of all, they did an hour long fucking an hour long draw to open the show, and that crowd was fucking hot for it. I don't know what it is, man. Like when I watch AEW, especially when they put on one of these big shows, right? Like when they do Winners Coming, when they do like not even a pay per view, but like yeah, that was free. I forgot. Yeah, like 
That Danielson, that Danielson and fucking Hangman match was the second match I've seen that involved Brian Danielson, where the crowd popped because the bell rang. I will give you AEW this, and I, I want people to understand this as well. AEW does a lot of very good shit for free. Oh, facts. Stuff that you feel that should only be in a pay per view is for free. Facts, and the fact it's- that they only have four pay per views a year. They only have four. And I think they should keep that. I think absolutely they should keep that. Because WWE, I remember when I was younger, you didn't always get a pay-per-view every year, but you got like uh, in in your house. So what they were were like little two-hour shows that they were on pay-per-view, but it was basically like they're kind of mid-season shows where they give you paper, pay-per-view quality matches, but it's not that long, and it's just kind of like... It's almost like a dynamite. Right. And then when the pay-per-views came around, like your King of the Rings, your Survivor Series, your Royal Rumble, your WrestleManias, your SummerSlams, like when those came around, each one of those cards always meant something. So when you won the King of the Ring, you got a title shot at SummerSlam. Right. If you won the Royal Rumble, you got a title shot at WrestleMania. I'll have to take your word for it. But that's how AEW basically books their shows. Okay. So if you think about it, like, they had that championship tournament to become the con- the number one contender. They did the same thing the year prior, and then at Winter is Coming, fucking Omega won the title. And then that's when Sting debuted. Oh, yeah, because, like, the whole crowd was like, I saw clips of this because this is like, this happened before. I know that. Like, this was like a little bit beforehand because I remember watching AEW in March. Yeah. So, March of last year is when I started watching AEW. That's dope. So, like, three, three months prior, Sting showed up. Yeah, yeah. And Sting is like a god of a man. And, like, I'm watching the old clips of it and, like, fake snow starts coming down and like you know it's sting tony shivani's like it's sting dude now i know you just got into wrestling but like the reason tony does that is because he used to do that on nitro back in the Mm -hmm. day i i I watched the uh all the fucking marks is including myself (laughs) the first time i heard him go it's sting i was like goosebumps right because it triggered an emotion in you that you haven't felt in years Facts. And then, like, Danielson, the whole build of Danielson versus Hangman, that hour-long draw did a few things. One, it made you want to see another match between the two. Two, makes, like, at this point, now people who watch that match can go, Hangman deserves to be champion because he hung with the best in the world. Facts. And just the fact that they built Brian Danielson to get to him and your brain goes, if Danielson beats him, it, it makes sense with him being the, the best wrestler in the world. But at the same time, you're like, but you don't want to see Hangman lose that title in his first shot. No, it, it's it's like uh, the premise of like your favorite football team versus the best in the fucking, uh, um, like, you know, the, the best in the, uh, the league. You know, you don't want you to watch your Chargers lose. But at the same time, you're like... But if they're going to lose, I'd rather them lose to the best seed in the fucking league. Facts. Because even then, like, it's going to be a good show. Like, me personally, my dream lineup right now, only because, like, I got into this weird love about the old wrestling uh, and uh, AEW with all the shit that happened with Ric Flair and Andrade and, like, 
their personal stuff with like you know him possibly being his father-in-law yeah, yeah. Um, i would like rick flair to come to AEW, like in the same way sting kind of did as but a surprise as a surprise being more of a mentor they give him a few bouts but i really do want to see rick flair try and take on sting one more time dude flair can barely move now right and that would be perfect here's the thing they don't need to because okay. if you watch the very last match in the history of Nitro, right. after WWF bought it, bought WCW, the very last match of Nitro was Sting versus Ric Flair. Right. Isn't and it the one was, he breaks his leg? No. It was an incredible fucking match. Like, when you go back and watch it, both those dudes were already up there in age by the time WCW ended, and they put on an incredible match. Sting now can still kind of put on a match because because he hasn't wrestled in like what 20 years well he hasn't wrestled since he was in wwe right which was like seven years prior oh okay 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 and i don't know if it was that long but it's long enough yeah but if flair showed up like if flair can show that he's still in good enough shape to be able to work a match with sting i think if they went out there and put on a kick-ass match i think people would love that shit because especially when you have Tony Schiavone calling it, fire. But one of the things I will say I appreciate about AEW, fucking Hook. Oh, Hook is a fucking beast. Dude, fucking Taz sent Hook. <laughs> and Hook was dope. First of all, he comes out to action Bronson. <laughs> fire. <laughs> like, when they when they shut the... It was, a what was it, Rampage last week? Yeah. They shut the lights off when they came back from a commercial break, and then all of a sudden, you hear that, that little piano in the beginning, mm-hmm. and it just drops boom bap on you, and then you just see on the screens, hook. And here he comes out, emotionless on his face, just walking to the yeah, ring. Yeah, the tank top and jeans. He was just... No, it was, this is when he came out in his gear. Oh, yeah. He, he just had the gear. shorts on, no shirt, boots, hands taped up into a fist, and he's just walking out with the most nothing on his face. And then he shows up, beats the shit out of Fuego Del Sol, puts him in the fucking red hook. It's a wrap. I feel like Fuego's going to be used as a jobber for AEW. But that's the point. Because if you think about it, that's how Fuego got his contract. Well, he got his uh, contract because Sammy was like, hey, I want to bring my best friend into this, and then I'm going to give him a car. Facts, <laughs> and then they made the car part of the storyline. Right. Um, I don't know. I think okay. So I think we were talking about this, but I think I think your angle if Ric Flair came in and like made like I was all right. I'll pitch this uh, to yeah, everybody who, it, who wasn't part of this conversation because you asked me um, if Ric Flair arrived in AEW, who would I pair him with? Yes. And I thought about this, and I was like, I would love. Love, love, love to see Ric Flair come out and he's talking about how I got this protege that I'm going to have under my wing and I'm going to turn him, woo, into the man. Woo. You know, so for weeks you build like MJF is the one trying to get his attention. Oh, yeah. I'm the most like Flair because I'm the best of this generation. I'm better than Flair and you know it. uh, cape. Exactly. So you, you... basically push the storyline like it's going to go to Maxwell Jacob Friedman but then it, it, it flair picks Daniel Garcia ooh 
and he turns Daniel Garcia into, from the wrestler gimmick that he has now because you know he only comes out with a towel around his neck and all yeah, that shit. Like simple. Simple. Like he's just tights, boots. I'm going to wrestle you and I'm going to stretch you. I would love to see Flair kind of turn him into a Flair style character where he's got a robe, but instead of saying Flair on the back, it says Garcia. Right. He carries himself like Ric Flair, has the pyro and everything. He becomes this generation's Ric Flair, basically, but he can go. Who would you have him fight to be his generation's sting? Well, Darby Allen, obviously. Oh, yeah, Darby Allen. Oh, that'd be great. Or but- you have him feud with MJF because you know if he becomes fucking this. Like this generation's flair, he's immediately going to be a babyface, and then now you have MJF angry because that should have been me, right? I should have been the flair uh, prop doll. Facts, but like you aren't because you're not Ric Flair material. And then you build that feud because who's with MJF? Tully Blanchard, ah, the Horseman. That's right. And you were talking about how you could have three of the four Horsemen. And now, correct me if I'm wrong. One of the Horsemen is dead. Correct. Um. Well, I mean, if you want to go with the the original four, was Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and Ric Flair. I don't know if Ole Anderson's still alive or not. Oh, okay. But Arn Anderson's in AEW. He's with yeah, Cody, see, Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. They have uh, Tully Blanchard with the Pinnacle. I don't know, man. Who's the fourth horseman again? Ole Anderson? No, no, no the, the other lineup, the more famous one. Flair? So, we got Anderson. Tully. Yeah. Flair. Who is the other? Tully Blanchard, Rick Flair, Arn Anderson. Then Ole Anderson was the other horse. Right, you said of the original lineup. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, was there like a like an updated lineup or? Oh, there's been so many different fucking oh, iterations of the horse. Okay, all right, that's what. The I most meant. famous one was like, well, I mean, this could be arguable because you had Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, fucking Barry Windham, and Ric Flair, but Arn, Tully, and Flair were the original Horsemen. Okay, so like to have them there would be something great. Oh yeah, that's the thing with AEW. Like they have such a rich like youth. Like a youth movement, like your Darby Allens, your Sammy, your fucking Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara, fucking MJF. Like when MJF said that they're the pillars of AEW, he wasn't lying because they are the future of the company. Now you have like Hook, who's the future of the company. Fuego's the future of the company. Fucking like you have that, but then they also sprinkle in established stars like your Malachi Blacks, your fucking Cody Rhodes. Right, your- they're there to make sure like the the. Like, if this is, like, a tasting menu, they're what's going to keep you going throughout the menu. Facts. But just the names of them being there, like, the one thing that I found amazing is, like, a lot of my friends that watched wrestling in the late 90s are hearing, like, wait, Christian's in AEW? I thought he was retired. You know. Oh, Kenny Omega? I think think it works. John Moxley? Because of, like, the nostalgia factor that they can pull in. Like, CM Punk. Like, Like my friend... Punk shows up. Like... I don't know if you knew about CM Punk and his whole thing. Uh, so my friend Ryan, who's like a WWE head, like he fucking like loves CM Punk. Yeah, yeah I actually, did too. He got to touch the man as he, like, <laughs> as like he said at the AEW show where he jumps in the fucking crowd. Um, it's, it's not in Chicago. I think it's uh No, oh, he jumps in the crowd in Chicago. Right, but like the other one, he does a couple of them. Oh, I can't remember off the but, top like, of my head. This is like. After his debut, and he still hasn't wrestled, wrestled yet. Yeah, yeah. 
and still like, on his love fest shit. Yeah, he's like, oh god, I love this shit. But here's the thing, man. Like CM Punk 2013, the night after the Royal Rumble, that's when he stopped. He just quit wrestling and he walked away from it while he was in the prime of his career. Right, because he, he was literally he was him. the best wrestler in the world at the time. Right. And he walked away from it because WWE basically... I've said this on the heel face. Like, I was like... WWE was basically like, you like that career, pal? And then they just grabbed it by the head and started slicing its throat in front of him. Well, like, when they made him shit himself in that London fucking thing. I, I My friends told me about that. How he, like... He's like, I can't wrestle. I'm probably going to shit myself. And they're like, so about that. You're the headliner at this event. Yeah, and then he ended up shitting himself. Or he shit himself on a SmackDown. Then he then he tweeted about it and was like, "LOL, just shit myself on TV. Please retweet." And like, WWE was WWF or no WWE was like, yeah. "Take it down." They were like, "Take it down. We don't now, like that. We don't need that." But see, like that's what I'm saying is WWE killed his love for pro wrestling, and it hit me about a year ago. Remember, I was talking with Zeus about this. I was. I was on YouTube and I found CM Punk's last match in Ring of Honor. And when he came out, you could see like on his face that he was upset that he was leaving. When he got in the ring, they showered him with streamers. And you could see on the man's face how much he loved wrestling. And I was like, and WWE just murdered that fucking love. To the point to where he stayed away for seven years. AEW was so good that he was like, this is the company I need to work for. This is the one worth, like, my, like, sabbatical. This is worth me, like, breaking that sobriety from wrestling. Facts. And the fact that they're building him where he's like, I'm just trying to put the young guys over. I'm just trying to, like, build myself up to the title. It started with that youth movement, but then it went to, like, right now, he's going into feuding with MJF and then going towards the title. Right, Whereas like, Brian Danielson you. came in and was like, I'm kicking everybody's heads in. It's like a Walker, Texas Ranger or some other shit. I was like, I'm going to take my boot and put it on the left side of this guy's face. CM Punk. Brian Danielson, I will just eat you all. Facts. We've been going an hour. And it's getting late. We're in the yawns. But you know what it is. Yeah, guys, like, I gotta get home at some point, like, and there's no hose I can actually stay the night with, so uh, I do have to actually get to my own bed. Facts. Where can they follow you, Manny? They can't, but you know what, <laughs> I want you to do this. If you really like the sound of my voice, and you really want to know what I look like, or you just want to show me some titties or fur daggers, like, you know, like, I might not enjoy them, but, like, I get it. Sometimes you want an outlet. Uh, send them to Stu and give him permission to send them to me. I've already told you. I don't need anyone's follows, Manny. I don't need them following me at Babyface Stu on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. They don't that. need to hear these funnies. Yeah. They don't need. They don't need these jokes at Babyface Stu at TikTok. Guess not. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't need your titty pictures, your fur, da- your, your fucking ditty pictures, your fur daggers, or your sick invite messages sent to me at MCStiz at 26 on Snapchat. Send uh, that shit to Zeus. Yes, send it to Zeus, because he'll also send it to me. No, I'll get their just, sloppy seconds, thirds, fours, fifths. He'll, he'll probably mess. just leave them on red and screenshot them. And then send them to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, join us next week for the fourth episode of Cigars and Bars, where we'll be smoking some cigars and talking some bars. Oh, for sure. All the bars. All the bars. Anytime. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace.